Hi everyone, Don here with Just the Plane Ticket Away podcast. Just want to let you know before you go into today's episode that we did have some audio issues while recording this one here. So please understand us as we are working to fix uh, our audio issues and going forward, we'll make sure that we have some nice, clean, clear audio. In the meantime, hope you enjoy today's podcast. All right, welcome to episode three of the Just a Plane Ticket Away podcast, where we talk about traveling, living, and working abroad, travel tips, and anything related to travel. We'll interview guests who have recently traveled or are traveling extensively and are currently traveling around the world. Your dream destination, new friendships, or maybe even your new home is just a plane ticket away. Today's topic will be on the challenges of travel, working remote, and being a digital nomad, and how to overcome them. Once again, my name is Don, and with me today is... Hey Don, it's JJ. Hi. Happy to be back on the podcast, and um, it's great that we've been doing these. I really had a great time talking to Camila last time, and a lot of people have been saying how they're... um, They've been listening to the podcast and getting some great advice and uh, getting inspired to to do their own trips, which uh, is really nice to hear. That's great. That's kind of pretty much the reason why we decided to, to start this podcast is because we want to share stories and hopefully inspire other people and give people advice. And uh, and in today's topic, we're going to be talking about just kind of the, the challenges because a lot of times people don't really talk about them. But I guess before we get into the main topic, I just want to let people know that we are now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And uh, we'd appreciate if you would leave us a review after you listen to the podcast, if you like the podcast. And uh, hopefully, I believe your reviews will help boost our show. And hopefully, this becomes a big radio talk show later. <laughs> thats I don't know if that's necessarily the goal for a radio talk show. As much fun as that would be, I, I was aiming more for like uh, you know a, a show, a TV show, a reality show about us traveling, <laughs> oh. uh, or movie deal. I don't know. Either he's a fine with me. Something like that. You gotta. You always gotta dream big, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of dreaming big, um, well, actually, this was kind of small, but I went to um, Tunisia uh, a few weeks ago. Um, since her last show and uh, for a little uh, short, very short trip. Um, so not like a usual um, long stay, but that was really interesting to see. It happens to be really close to my current location in France. And so um, just pop down to take a look at a brand new country and, and see something uh, a little bit different. Yeah, where's Tunisia for, for those people that don't know? Because I didn't know where Tunisia was um, until I met people from Tunisia in in Paris last year, can you just let people know where Tunisia is? Yeah, for sure. So Tunisia is on the north um, coast of Africa. Uh, so it's about an hour flight from France. Um, so from Nice, it's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. From Marseille, maybe like an hour, hour 20 minutes. Um, so it's not very far away. You can get direct flights. And uh, it's a smaller country, um, but uh, among the sort of the North African ones. Um, and it used to be, um, it's really cool about it. It used to be, um, uh, in ancient Roman times, it was the home of the Carthaginians and then uh, part of the Roman empire. And so you can see, uh, remains of all that when you go there now. 
Um, so yeah, it's a really cool place to visit. Oh, nice. Yeah, that whole that whole area has like a lot of history. Hey, like I I remember last year in Malta, learning about that history there, and I guess um, even over to Tunisia as well. So that's pretty cool. How like um, how did you how did you like it? Yeah, it was an interesting place. So uh, there was definitely parts of it that I really liked. Some parts of it that um, I I see like are you know there's some trouble and some some areas that um, uh, there's a lot of kind of development needs to happen or is happening and um, so there's there's still you know um, issues that the country is is getting over um, but then there's other parts that are very developed and and modern and very um, uh, very fun as well so it's um, it's an interesting place to go because the, the cu- culturally it's it's kind of a mixed um, uh, about sort of Arabic culture and French um, influence um, but it's um, it, it offers kind of a different point of view, um, which is really interesting to see, and um, and it's not very expensive. It's fairly safe um, and comfortable to be. Um, so definitely recommend people check it out. Right, and it's also French speaking as well, right? Like I, I remember the Tunisians that we had met; they speak French quite well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you can speak French. People speak English too, pretty well. Um, so you can get a, a mix of uh, mix of those languages um, as well as Arabic. Nice. Well, I guess while you were there, I've been to two different islands here in Thailand. I went to Koh Lanta one weekend, and then this past weekend, I just got back from Koh Phi Phi. And um, after going to those places there, it just reminds me of how beautiful the islands are here in Thailand. I think for me, like probably the most beautiful in the world and uh and so easy to get to from here in Phuket where I am right now and um yeah it's one of those different places where I would recommend Kolanta is like a more of a quiet area a lot of times people say it's like for like for couples and people who just want to be away from parties and stuff but it was nice going there and not having beaches full of people and then OPP the island, the main island of Kopiki itself, is like you know, there's a lot of parties and restaurants and at nighttime fire shows and that stuff. But then you go out and do a day tour and go see the beautiful Maya Bay. Uh, it's definitely something I would recommend everybody doing if they get to Thailand for sure. Yeah, that part of Thailand is amazing. Um, the, the all the islands on the west side are really fantastic. I went to Koh Lanta and I would definitely. Or recommend it if you're not looking for crazy parties um but yeah i found it much quieter and um, a lot of beautiful nature great beaches um still a lot of fun and fairly easy to get to but it's not too uh, not too complicated yeah things things have changed so much since uh the last time i was here in thailand so it's pretty much everywhere in the world is different places are quite easy to get to and stuff so um, but yeah, we might as well go into our, our, our topic here today, JJ. And uh, so the topic, as you mentioned, is the, the challenges of remote working and being a digital nomad. And so a lot of times people see only the positives and benefits of being a digital nomad because they see things on Instagram that people post, such as you know, the beach, beach views, pool views, working in nice cafes and being in nice places. But in reality, there are a lot of challenges that come with remote working that many people don't talk or share about. Um, and this, that's just how society is. We only share the good things. Um, and so today we want to talk about 
some of those challenges that people face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is definitely a topic for people that actually have to work while traveling. So if you're independently wealthy, or you're taking a, a year off and not doing any work, then this might not be the, the right topic for you. Um, but if you are like most digital nomads that need to um, do some work or are working on their own projects, so maybe actually you're not doing it for the money, but you're actually creating your own project, you need to find ways to stay productive and get something done. Um, and so that's uh, that's what we want to talk about is those those are kind of how do you get around those things? How do you overcome those challenges? And how do you make the most of your travel and still have a great time while doing it? Um, so I think there's three kind of areas is the uh, travel um, while you're working and uh, remote work as well. So how do you actually work? And then um, your sort of day-to-day life as a digital nomad balancing that level of work and um um and fun also yeah for sure we've experienced all of these you know different types of challenges uh you know individually even when we're traveling together and uh and we hear about them as well too and i guess some of the things that we talk about as um you know when you make friends other digital nomad friends is that we're able to share these types of challenges and struggles with each other because we actually understand whereas sometimes um people might just think that you know if we start talking about some of these challenges challenges they're going to be like well what are you complaining about you're in paradise right now but there are <laughs> there are all the things that we that we have to do so i guess we'll start with travel jj and i guess you know what what are some of the um challenges with travel that uh, you've faced and you uh, other people have faced yeah, so I, I guess there's also like two types of uh, digital nomad work. There is uh, more on the freelance kind of your own schedule side. So it, it is, really affects things very differently. So a lot of people are on, uh, my, uh, like I am, uh, kind of on a, a schedule that I can set for myself or on their own schedule. And that flexibility is really great. Um, it does, of course, on the other hand, mean sometimes you have to uh, be available at very strange times um, to make your make sure your work is going to be happening, um, but it gives you a lot more flexibility. And then there's on the other side um, people that work for maybe a fixed uh, fixed schedule um, for their company back home, and they have specific hours or days that they have to be working, and they can't, and they have to make everything else work around that. So um, if we start off with things like long and maybe uh, don you can talk about some of those things because you did a lot of work on uh, in terms of more of a fixed schedule where you had calls and 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 days to work um but i'll go over some of the stuff more from the perspective of uh, a flexible schedule so long travel days is kind of one thing that's that um uh, we can start with so on a on a flexible schedule a lot of times you might have days where you need to move to another country or you're flying somewhere where it's going to be several flights um, and that day is mostly going to be kind of a write-off in terms of work so scheduling those flights for days when you're not working or uh, a day that you can uh, you can take off or a holiday or something is a good idea i do lots of times during my flight or long travel days try to squeeze in some work as well things that are let require less attention so things like responding uh, to emails or phone calls kind of or some 
maintenance kind of work rather than something that I really need to sit down and concentrate. So you can do that in lounges or in, on planes or on trains, um, get an hour or two of work uh, during your, your kind of travel. Uh, but how did you deal with like long travel days for, for more of a fixed schedule? Yeah, so I guess last year I was more on a on a fixed schedule. And so for me, I tra- I scheduled my travel days on the weekends um, just because during the weekday, uh, needing to be available for anything that comes up. And so I would schedule most of my travel days for uh, like a Saturday or a Sunday um, or sometimes a Friday, take a Friday off and travel that day. But that's how I scheduled it around there. But like I think even sometimes too, like, if you have, let's say, uh, a two-hour flight only, but that two-hour flight, the, the actual travel time for the whole day, like you said, it's kind of a write-off as well because you are you need to get to the airport, you're packing in the morning, get to the airport, you're waiting at the airport, you get to the other place, the travel to your accommodations, checking in. And so uh, sometimes, like I guess, even a short travel flight time, it actually mean like, a couple hours of travel. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's a little bit different from that because you sort of, um, if you have a fixed schedule, you sort of have to be there, be able to respond to things. So that can even a short short flight or something can yeah completely change your um, completely change the schedule of when you're available. As opposed to uh, for myself, I can even if like like you said, yeah, most of the day you're still gonna. You got to check in and, and out of your place and all that. Um, I find that I can still kind of squeeze in some some work, and because um, there's not maybe a specific time that I have to be working, it's uh, as long as I don't have a call, I can um, get some tasks done and kind of get some progress done, even if I'm not in those days. Um, uh, one of the things is is that you have to kind of always anticipate. Um, is the the possibility of flight changes and flight schedule delays, things like that, or missing connections. So recently I had to fly to a conference in uh, in Miami from Europe, and um, I had a layover in Casablanca, uh, and the layover was very short. The plane from France was late arriving in Casablanca, so I missed the connection, and I had to stay overnight in Casablanca. So... Um, you know, it's there's always a solution to every every one of these problems. So that's one thing, also really important thing to keep in mind is that even if you run into an issue, you'll always find a way around it. But um, but you have to anticipate that a little bit too. Know that you may uh, may encounter some problem with the travel if you're going on even on train or bus. There may be something broken down, delayed. Um, so to know that either give yourself extra time, like you said, leaving on a Friday or something is good. So you know that uh, if, you, if you're not working on the weekend, even if you're delayed by a day or something happens, you're still fine to get to your destination on Monday. Or if you need to get somewhere for an event or something for work, is is plan to arrive a couple of days before the event starts to to make up for things like this. Like that's something that I didn't do and and I missed the first day of the event which was really important and so um so that's something I learned to yeah arrive early yeah um have you had issues with that or um things impact a a fixed schedule like that you know so far uh so through six months of travel in South America and so far this year in Asia I haven't had any huge flight delays uh it seems it seems like um, 
airlines and the travel industry in other parts of the world, except for North America, uh, have their things together. <laughs> is what I is what I found to, is what I found so far. So I've been I've been lucky, but yeah, it is. Those are those things where you you have to kind of anticipate for, and if it happens, you know, it, you just got to deal with it there. And, and like JJ mentioned, you just got to plan around it and make sure you're not um, you're not cutting things close with your schedule and uh, booking things so that way, like if, if you do miss a flight or there's a delay or something like that, it just throws off your plan. So uh, just kind of giving yourself that that extra leeway. Yeah, and that all enters into planning for, for travel. And as you may be doing more traveling as a digital nomad, so you maybe you're moving every few weeks or every few months, and um, and if you're going to another country, another city, is is putting together maybe like a checklist of things that you need to do and things that you want to make sure that makes that that gets you into the um, a, a mode where you're sort of well prepared and well planned um, is really helpful. So things like uh, you know having a packing checklist. So if you're winning the day you're moving out of a place, making sure that okay, I got all my stuff, so you don't lose anything, especially things that are important for work. Um, having a, a sort of a process for making sure you're, you've got your, um, flight information and your, all your travel information, your travel emails all in one place. So you're not like at the bus stop or at the train stop or at the airport, you're not like searching through your phone for some email for the, you know, check-in information or something. Um, if you're, because you have to assume that you might be in a rush on one of these situations, you, you're not always going to have time to like. Um, you know, look for a Wi-Fi connection and and check your phone email and go through all this because you may be running through an airport to try to catch a flight or something. So being prepared by having all of that stuff ready. So having, I mark uh, all of my emails that are travel related, um, all of the like check-in information and everything on um, into a specific folder in my email. I download any things that are like uh, documents that I need um, onto my phone so that I've got them offline as well. Um, so make sure you have things like that. Do you use any um, any kind of techniques or apps or anything to help you organize that? Yeah, there's a travel app that I have that I use. It's a free one called TripIt, and it kind of just uh, downloads all my itineraries. Uh, and so it kind of like, uh, just gives me a list of I'm going to my next destination, the flight, the accommodations and any other trips or anything like that that I've booked, uh, it goes in there. And then with emails, I mark things so that they're at the top. And then I take screenshots of certain things. So there's, uh, yeah, a lot of different things you learn as you go to make sure that you're prepared uh, to have everything that you need. But um, I guess going back to the, the with the trip planning, JJ, I guess, do you find it stressful to, to plan a trip like while you're working, while you're working and then knowing that you're going to go to another destination and then trying to figure out what you're going to do in the next destination and then trying to figure out all the logistics of, of that. I think that over experience, that sort of becomes um, a little bit easier to deal with and, and less stressful. Um, I think at first it was a little bit more uh, something I was worried about and trying to, to think about the, but as you're starting out, I think the first thing to do when if you're starting this is those first few trips is give yourself extra time always. Give yourself extra days 
um, and before, especially before you need to start working again, because if you are, if you plan to, to fly on Sunday and you're going to start working on Monday, um, well, maybe the internet's not going to be working. You're not going to figure out the co-working place is closed or you get sick on the flight or something. Don't, um, uh, cut things too short, especially the first time until you really get used to this, because it's going to be so stressful if you're trying to get somewhere um, and also be there before be available for work on time or if you have a call scheduled for that next day at a specific time try not to do that give yourself a couple extra days a couple days to get used to where you are your new place before you do anything important work-wise um, mm -hmm. because the, the other thing is if you're starting this out and you're working for some company uh, you've got an employer and you're, you, you maybe tell them or maybe you don't tell them that you're going to be traveling or something and and you screw it up on those first few days because you miss calls you you don't have internet kind of don't get your work done then that's going to really affect the rest of your um the rest of the possibility of working remotely because the, the company uh, may may not be happy with that your employer may want you to come back um so you want to make the best possible impression if you're just starting this out so and to do that you have to be uh, a little bit extra prepared, but you just have to give yourself a lot of time. So go there a few days, maybe even a week early, just to get if you're really just starting out for the first time, to give yourself lots of time to get comfortable, to get settled, and then do an awesome job in those first few days, the first few weeks of work, um, so that everybody back home sees that you're doing great work, and even if you're away, that you're uh, you're you're being productive. Yeah, that's one of the worst things that can happen for somebody, and I'm sure many people people have experienced it. Is you're you get to your accommodations and you're expecting obviously everywhere to have Wi-Fi, and they do, but then some places the Wi-Fi connection is just not as fast as you need it to be, and um, and then realizing that you have an important uh, video call with work, <laughs> and and then you're like you're scrambling to to find a place with good. Uh, internet connection or you get to a co-work and there's no uh like uh phone or was it their phone booths or anything like that and so and and it's like a important call and so you're you're trying to find an area that you can work from or to take that call from so it is yeah like you give yourself some time and then uh you're gonna run into those different types of issues there and you're gonna have to figure something out uh at those times yeah, everything is that you can get over it. You'll you'll find a way to to overcome all of these things. They're, these are all little tiny hiccups, so they shouldn't stop you from doing anything. It's just to keep in mind that some things will happen um, during this, especially when you're not experienced at it. So um, be prepared for that. Um, but the biggest preparation for that is giving yourself enough time. Ask other people what they've done, but you should always understand that no matter what what of these situations happens you'll be able to get over them and you'll be able to um uh, be really happy and comfortable in the end but um uh, there's nothing that you can't really overcome from any of these kind of work related problems or travel problems mm -hmm. and maybe we'll go into um, the oh go ahead JJ. oh yeah i just wanted to ask you one other thing so because you worked for um for a company and for more specific sort of times and things how 
would you deal with telling people like before you were traveling or before you were going places, like if you were going to move to another place, would you inform them that you're going to be changing locations? Uh, how would you deal with that kind of thing? It, like for, you know, from the point of view of like talking to an employer or, um, or a boss or something. Yeah. Well, I think it just depends on the relationship that you have with your, your boss or your employer or something like that. I, I personally, I don't think that you need to tell them where you're going to be all the time because it's kind of the same as like, if you're working from home or if you're working from like your own house or if you're working from your parents, house, like, as long as you're online and you're doing work, uh, that's the most important thing. So personally, I don't think, but like sometimes, sometimes if there's, um, like I said, like if I was taking a, a Friday off or something like that to, to then uh, I might have informed them that hey, I'm taking traveling or if there's a, a specific reason that you need to let them know. But I think it's going to be have specific for every single person and what kind of relationship they have with their employer and their boss. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's something to us like kind of gauge that level the first time you go or the first few times you move locations is sort of figure out what their level of comfort is with your moving and also figure out if uh how aware really are they of of where you are because in some some cases you've got friends that they their employers really had no idea where they were or that they weren't in the same city and so for some people they just wouldn't say anything um but for others they would be um much closer with, with their boss or employer and they would just tell them Oh hey, by the way, uh, tomorrow I'm gonna fly to this other place. Just to let you know, and then but I'll be uh, I'll be available right after that. Um, for me, I just hold uh, my employees or partners that um, uh, if I had like a long travel day, especially, I would usually just let them know so that um, they knew that I'd be maybe difficult to get in touch with, or um, that uh, if there's anything urgent, then might have to wait until the next day after that. Um, just so they were kind of aware, uh, but that's a specific situation where, um, I didn't really have to answer to anybody and, um, uh, so it's a position where it's a little more flexible. Must, must be, must be nice. Must be nice JJ to work for yourself and then you're the only person that you report to. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Although it's, it's not, um, it doesn't mean that you don't have to, it doesn't mean you don't have to answer to anyone at all. It just means day to day you may not have to, but working for yourself, you always still have either clients or investors or somebody. So there's never really a situation where you've got nobody above you. Um, <laughs> so good to keep in mind <laughs> for people wanting to work for themselves is it's not just uh, endless freedom where no one will ever tell you what to do. Um, it just means you'll have more of that kind of freedom, but you're still always going to have to do something that somebody else wants you to do. For sure. I think it's just like anything that like, uh, for, for, I guess for people who are working for themselves, then they have quite a bit more freedom than people who are working for, uh, for a company. And I guess going into like the, the next item that we have here is like time zone differences and, um, I guess navigating through them. Sometimes, sometimes people are only a couple hours off of their regular time zones and then sometimes like for me right now i'm on the other side of the world and uh trying to navigate the time zone differences because i know that's um, sometimes a struggle for for some people because 
they might be, let's say, if they're in the Eastern time zone, but their company's based out of Western time zone, there's like a good three to four hours difference where you are. And uh, 5 p.m. comes around and most people are out of the co-work and they're still in the co-work until 9 p.m. because they got to be there until 5 p.m. Pacific time. So I guess where what are some ways that people have um, navigated through the challenges of time zone differences? Yeah, so that and that's also interesting to say what you, you said that um, for the co-working places because um, there's people working on all different schedules of time zones when you go to some of these places. So you're not necessarily going to be just there by yourself, being the only one on a weird time schedule. Yeah, a lot of people are going to end work around five or six or something, but um, there will probably still be some people that started super early or work super late. Um, usually, time well, co-working spaces are open 24 hours or at least very late um, to uh, to allow for that. So, uh, so you won't necessarily be there alone. Um, for me, I uh, having a flexible schedule means mostly I don't have to worry too much about it. But if I ever want to have meetings or calls with my coworkers or um, uh, partners, then uh, because if they're located in Canada. Um, on a specific time zone, then I do have to adjust my time to be available for them. I, I don't expect them to be available for my uh, weird time zone <laughs> they might be in. So um, that means for me, uh, if I'm in Europe, that means um, I stay up late usually. So I'll keep working until around uh, 11 or midnight. <laughs> but if I'm going out one day or uh, not at home and that's fine I don't worry about it. I just don't schedule any calls for that day um, and I'll make up work by working during the day the next day but mm -hmm. there will be times where on a Friday night or something I can't go out because I've got an important call um, or there's some something urgent happening and I'll have to do that um, either from home or I can go out but then I have to come back home or I have to find a quiet place to take a call yeah, I guess when I was in South America, it was a lot easier because I was, you know, closer to the time zones of, of my work back home. Uh, but being over in Asia, at first it was really challenging because a lot of the morning meetings back in Canada would be around 11 or 11 p.m., midnight, 1 a.m. And so I'd have to stay up for those calls there. And um, so it, that was a challenge because sometimes you want to go to bed and then again sometimes there'd be calls late in the afternoon uh canada time and then i'd have to wake up early in the morning my time in asia luckily luckily now like i have a lot more flexibility where i can just let the people my clients know back home that uh, i'm on asia time and send me all your questions and everything during the day your time and then uh and then when I wake up, I reply and, you know, attend to any work that's needed. And so they get it by their time in the morning. So I kind of find right now so far being in Asia and kind of being in the opposite time zone, um, it actually works out quite well. Just, you know, when I'm doing my work, I don't have people bothering me. I don't have to, I'm not wasting any time. And so it's, it's been good. It was, uh, you know, it took a while to get adjusted. You kind of make it work, and I've seen other people where they they work and then they take naps, or you know, kind of work the schedules because the the whole nine to five thing is 
is something that somebody made up back home. But in reality, just as long as you get your work done, whatever time that you need to get it done and they have it, then um, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, and so I think it's also important to clarify that no matter what your work schedule is like, um, whether you're working nine to five or very specific strict hours or whether you're fl- you've got flexibility, it's definitely possible. So don't exclude being able to travel and being able to work in a different time zone just because you may have a very strict schedule. We met people that were that were in South America and they were working on European time for a regular company and they had to be available. Uh, in uh, very early in the morning in South America time, and they made it work because they they understood that that was the the trade off for them being able to have the, the freedom to live where they wanted to live and see all these amazing things. Um, is they traded off? Okay, so I have to adjust my sleep schedule a little bit. I have to get up very early, or I have to stay up very late. And then, as long as you understand that, and if you can adapt to that, um, then uh, well, then the upside is you get to see these amazing things. And the really cool part is actually when you're on a different time schedule than everybody else, you get to go to places when they're not busy. So you get to go eat touristy things or maybe go um, uh, go into the city or, or do different things in the location that you are with without huge crowds being there. Um, so I really mm-hmm. love that, like being in Europe um, and in the morning, be able to go out walk around, see the city, go to museums or something, and then start working in the afternoon. Um, and I kind of flip the schedule a little bit that way. Um, so I actually enjoy it. Yeah, same. I love having my mornings to not have to just wake up and, and get ready for work. I like to have that morning time to, you know, wake up, have coffee, enjoy the morning, whether it be, you know, doing things for myself, going to the gym or going for a walk around the city or like just going for hanging out at the beach for a little bit. So it does, um, it does benefit you in, in many ways. And we, like we said, we just gotta, you just gotta make it work. And, and I guess kind of going from there is like sometimes being productive and when you're in some places like, um, like for me in Thailand right now, or if you're somewhere where it's really like paradise, uh, so for me, for me, being in in a city, it feels different because it I'm not as distracted to go out and do stuff. But when you're when you're in a place like um, you know near a beach or something like that, I think sometimes people might find it hard to be productive. And people ask me like, "How are you productive right by the beach and stuff?" But um, there's many ways that you do it because you just you realize if anything, you're more productive because you want to get your work done as soon as you can, so that way you can go out and enjoy. Um, and the way I always look at it and I've, I've had different conversations with people is that a lot of people are in the office from, let's say nine to five. So whatever, eight hours a day, but how, how many hours of that time are they actually in an office? There's a lot of water, uh, what is it? Water cooler talk, coffee breaks, uh, people just talking with each other at random times. So like, yeah, it's a lot of chit chat, right? So the hours are actually productive where other people if you're in a different area you're really motivated to be productive because you want to go out you are yeah this is really an important part and and it also comes down to the individual too there's some people that have a hard time managing their own schedule and their own time 
And so that's something that if that's you, you either have to figure out a way around it or this is going to be very difficult because if you have to, because um, it is quite tempting to be like, oh my God, look at that amazing beach. One thing that I always um, keep in mind when I'm at one of these places is don't think of it like a vacation, right? Because on a vacation, you go somewhere, you're there for a few days, maybe a week, you're trying to make the most of every single day, doing a ton of things, going to spending a lot of time at the beach, um, and and just enjoying every part of it because you know in a few days you're back home. Um, that it's gonna that's, that's a very short time limit. But if you're going to Thailand for three months um, or to South America, you know to Buenos Aires for three months, you're you know you've got actually quite a lot of time. You don't have to rush. You don't have to squeeze things into every day. If you don't go out one day and do anything, you know, tourists to hear anything fun, you just stay home and work and watch some TV or something, that's completely fine. You've got another two months left to to see a bunch of things. Or if you just want to spend three months kind of not actually seeing much and just really stay home, but, you know, maybe go out a little bit, but just enjoy a different uh, environment um, that way, then that's fine too. There's no... Uh, rush to have to force yourself to see all of this stuff and go out every day. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why I, for me, like I, I now kind of say give myself like a one month um, window for every place I go to because in a month there it allows you to yeah not feel rushed that you have to see everything. So I can still, you know, do work during the week and then plan a lot of my excursions that kind of stuff there on the weekends. Um, whereas if you're if you're only planning to go somewhere for like a week, you're you're feeling rushed to try to do as much as you can, plus do your work at the same time. And so I would recommend that you, you know give yourself a bit more time in a place because especially if you're living as a digital nomad, there's no reason that you need to be fast traveling the whole time um, unless you only have like a certain amount of time that you're you're doing it for. But um, yeah, give yourself enough time, and that way you're not rushed, and you can still plan those trips and everything. And then you have time to just do work, enjoy your evenings, and, uh, and then on the weekends you can do your stuff. Yeah, and and don't feel bad about missing out on on some things. Like I, I didn't when I was in Argentina, I didn't get to go to do a lot of the common things people do, but I still really loved my time there, and I know that at some point I'll go back and. I had an exciting, like exciting locations to go to next that I was looking for, uh, forward to. So, don't feel bad that okay you've missed something really important or something really common uh, in a in a place because you're going to get to see so much more than somebody who's just going on um, a little trip or a vacation. Exactly. Okay. So it's like as always, there's there's so much that we talk about, um, and I think we've we've hit a lot of points today with travel and remote work and uh, just life as a digital nomad in general. And I think, um, you know, like just want to remind people that there are many challenges with this lifestyle and it's the great things that you see, but there are ways that you can overcome them, be able to make it work for you. And uh, like, you know, if you, any of you have any questions that you might have on concerns you can feel free to reach out to us and uh give you our best advice or just kind of let you guys know how we've dealt with it in the past 
but yeah, like, is there anything else you want to add, JJ? I think um, we're getting close. We <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a long one. Yeah, we could definitely keep going on about some of these topics for a while. So we might break down some of these into more detailed topics later on. But in general, I just say there's definitely more pros than there are cons to doing this. And whatever challenges you face along the way, realize that you'll be able to overcome them. And uh, you're going to have an amazing trip and an amazing adventure um, when you do this. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast and uh, hopefully you tune in for the other episodes that we have to come. We're planning to do at least an episode a week. That's our plan for right now, but um, we do enjoy doing these and we hope you enjoy listening to them. And uh, until next time, have a great time and remember your dream destination is only just a plane to get away. Bye everyone. Thanks, Son. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you.